This is the Maxlexia podcast. Here, it's all dyslexia all the time. A place to explore it in all its complex beauty, changing the way we and the world perceive the dyslexic mind. I'm Lori Catella, your host, and I'm ready to help guide you to see and celebrate your own dyslexic brilliance. Together, we will change the world. Welcome to the Maxlexia podcast and it's really good to be back. It's been it's been a while been very very busy in my office with my dyslexic peeps through these past few weeks and also working on the edX educator excellence series of online courses and turning that into a workshop to be able to launch that this fall. So really been very busy but I'm really happy to be back at the podcast and here we are today I'd really like to share a story that a couple of weeks ago, I had a message from someone I had worked with when she was in high school, and she was about to go for a job interview in a school that specializes in dyslexia and learning differences, and she wanted to have a chat before she went into the interview. So we began to chat. It was lovely to see her again. She is a very gentle and kind soul and just really, really caring person. And she was really looking to, I guess, ask some questions and find out what maybe she should think about and bring into the interview with her to be prepared. And so she began to tell me the story since I had seen her in high school. When I worked with her, she had just moved to the city and she was new to the school and new to the city. And she arrived at a school that really did have an understanding of differences in learning styles. They had a program set up there that supported students that was able to help them with their accommodations for tests and exams. And really it was a wonderful place for her to land and really start to begin to become extremely self-aware of her learning style. And really she just began to blossom and thrive. So she became very aware of what she needed in terms of support of what she needed in terms of accommodations and how she needed to go about becoming very successful in her academic career. This became something that she was really not ashamed of. She was actually proud of to say, I have dyslexia. These are the things I need. This is what works best for me. This is how I learn. And I've had really good success with this up to this point. So after that, the family relocated again to another city. She went to a new private school in this city. And from the beginning, she knew that this was a different type of setting. When she told them that she had dyslexia and that these were the types of things she would require in order to proceed and and succeed in school, she was told that, oh, no, 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 you don't have dyslexia. Only boys have dyslexia. What the actual heck is that? We are not talking early 1900s. We are not talking maybe even the 60s and 70s when we really didn't understand the differences and what was needed for some of these students with different learning styles. But we're talking less than five years ago this happened. I, I, I couldn't believe when she told me that. Not only that, but for that entire year, she was not provided with any of the accommodations or any of the support that she'd previously had. They said, we don't do that here. That's not necessary. You're just going to do everything like everyone else. And I literally told her, this makes me cry. I was so sad for her that she had to go through that, especially after having just gone through a very positive experience where she'd learned a lot about herself and how she could succeed in school and what she needed to do that. 
So this was this this blew my mind. This would be like a child showing up in a wheelchair at a school without a, without an access ramp and being told that well that no 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 you just have to take the stairs like everyone else. Just because it's an invisible disability does not make it any less so. So providing the access to equitable education is not only necessary, it is essential. And I really believe they could have sued the school because of this as a human rights violation. The fact that had it not been an invisible disability, but perhaps someone in a wheelchair or some other type of disability like blindness, this would have been all over the news. But because it was dyslexia, can't see it. She looks lovely, beautiful woman. There was not an issue. And I really said, this just makes me so sad to hear that this is still happening. How can this still be happening? Access denied. Not only that, she described that that entire year was extremely difficult and challenging. She really struggled without all the support and the necessary things that she had had previously that really did allow her to succeed. And she, she required a lot of outside tutoring and a lot of a lot of additional things outside of the school setting in order for her to be able to just survive the year. So what an unfortunate experience to have to happen to her. In the end, of course, she did graduate and then she applied to university and I received a lovely note from her at that time. She was applying into education to become a teacher and she said to me that she was very inspired by all the people, including myself, that had worked at this school who had helped her and helped her become, basically find herself in terms, of, in terms of who she is with her dyslexia. And she said she wanted to do the same for other little children and students with dyslexia. And I thought, this is perfect. This is exactly where you need to go. So she finished her degree and once she graduated, her first, her first teaching assignment, she described as being very difficult. I think just it was the wrong, it was the wrong environment. It was the wrong school culture. It was the, I think, I think her teaching content was not what something she was comfortable for. And she really did not have a very positive experience there. And that combined with her previous and final year of high school, I really think she, she described it as really hitting rock bottom. And when you're in that point in life, that seems to be when the light shines in and you see a door opening. And this job interview was that door opening for her. And so we, we discussed it a bit in terms of what she should uh, perhaps ask them about the school and the culture of the school. And I said to her, I, I said, I just have this feeling that this is the right fit for you. This is where you belong. And I said, if it's where you belong, it's going to work out. And sure enough, indeed, the next day she messaged me and said she had gotten the job on the spot, that she was going to shadow someone for the rest of this school year, the remaining of, the, of this school year, and she was going to start with her own workload and caseload next fall at the beginning of the next school year. So I was so thrilled to hear this. This really made my day. I really think this is a huge turnaround point in her life. And I have absolutely no doubt that between her experiences both the good ones and the bad ones combined together are really going to make her be the most effective and the most wonderful person to work with these young students with dyslexia. Her personality of just such caring and generosity and gentleness 
combined with that experience that she has been through, I really believe that she is going to make a difference in these kids' lives and that she is absolutely going to change the lives of every single young dyslexic student that she works with. I wish her all the best and she's going to shine her dyslexic brilliance in the world and help other kids shine their dyslexic brilliance into the world. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Maxlexia podcast. If you've got any questions or comments, or if you're looking for more dyslexia-related stories, resources, and information, reach out to me on my website, maxlexia.com. Peace out. See you next time.